0: And welcome to Population Health Plugin, a show highlighting current public health topics in our community and things of interest to students across the university. My name is Mina Nabavi, and I'm a program manager in the Office of Public Health Practice at the University of Alabama at Birmingham's School of Public Health. Today, we are joined by Ms. Stacey June Shelton. Ms. Shelton is the Global Head of Education and Advocacy for the Dove Self-Esteem Project, which is a set of programs and interventions designed to develop and increase body confidence and self-esteem in young people around the world. Ms. Shelton has more than 20 years of experience in public health research, program and partnership development, and project management. She is also an alumna of the UAB School of Public Health and has her MPH in health behavior. She currently resides in Bristol, United Kingdom. Ms. Shelton joined us earlier today for a career conversation seminar, but we wanted to invite her back to do a podcast to learn more about what she's been working on since leaving the School of Public Health. And for full disclosure for our listeners, I actually met Ms. Shelton on LinkedIn. So I am part of the Exploring Population Health Study Abroad course and when we were planning to visit the UK in summer of 2020, I wanted to see if we had any alumni in the London area that our students could possibly meet with and network with. I messaged Ms. Shelton, and we started a conversation about her work with Dove and Unilever. But unfortunately, COVID changed our plans for 2020 and 2021, so we've been able, unable to meet in person. But given this unique opportunity, while everything in the world is virtual, we wanted to invite Ms. Shelton back to the School of Public Health, virtually of course, to talk about her work. So thank you Ms. Shelton for being here today and taking time out of your busy schedule and dealing with the time difference too, to talk with me. We really appreciate you being here today. Start off by telling us a little bit about what you've been up to since you've graduated from the School of Public Health. I know you currently work at Unilever and and with Dove. Can you share more about the projects that you oversee. Hi, Mina.
1: Yes, thanks for having me on the podcast. i very happy to share uh, kind of my career journey um, and what I'm doing now, um, how I got there. So yes, I, I when I left the um, School of Public Health, I ended up moving um, to Oregon and I lived in Portland and I started working for the uh, Oregon State Department of Health. And I got into um, physical activity promotion and at the adolescent health section. I was working in a coordinated school health program uh, across the Department of Health um, with the Department of Education in Oregon. It was a CDC funded project. Uh, so that was my first you know, state level um, experience uh, in kind of really getting into policy and and programming uh, within the state government um, setting. And then I decided, you know, this is great and all, but I'd always had this interest and kind of adventurous spirit for international health. And I hadn't been one of the students uh, that had focused on international health or had done Peace Corps, but I thought, you know what, I still want to give this a try. And I was really encouraged even by, you know, my colleagues and friends uh, to pursue that. So yeah, I went, I went to India um, and was able to find some work experience actually with one of our, one of um, my classmates from UAB School of Public Health, Sanjana Bahardwaj, and she was working with UNICEF and she and her husband had started a health foundation in uh, Mumbai. And so that was great. That gave me that hands-on experience I needed um, in international health, um, just to understand the context and the setting and the cultural differences and, you know, living, being an American, living abroad. So that was incredible. Uh, I worked with them for a few months, just getting, you know, various project experience and then was able to join Population Services International in Mumbai office. And uh, we were working on HIV AIDS prevention projects with voluntary uh, counseling and testing centers and vans, as well as um, some work with truckers and commercial sex workers in India. I loved it, um, but I really wanted to get back to my kind of adolescent health and school health roots and interests. Um, I had done some teaching as well uh, and training as a health education teacher and I came through health behavior. So I I wanted to work with that adolescent age group. I started working with a local um, non-profit organization in India and they have um, rural schools. They call them ashram shalas and they were for like tribal children, Advasi children um, in rural India. And You know, India is such an incredibly diverse place and such differences between urban and rural, and that just started adding to my, that work experience I needed. I mean, then it was in India, I joined Unilever, and that's been an incredible journey for the last 10 years, working for Unilever, five years on a WASH program with uh, one of the brands, Lifebuoy, across Asia, Latin America, Africa, um, but based in the global team out of Mumbai. And then I now work on Dove on, still in Unilever, but now the global Dove team, um, I'm based out of the London office. So yeah, that's public health journey that got me to where I am today.
0: Before I ask my next question, I just want to comment, you know, the importance of networking, like you said, that first opportunity in India was from connections that you had maintained from the UAB School of Public Health from another alum, um, of the school. So just again, highlighting for those listeners, the importance of keeping in touch and and networking. Um, So I love that story. To get back to um, what you're doing with Dove. So what do you do as the global head of education and advocacy for the Dove Self-Esteem Project? What sorts of job duties and responsibilities does that entail?
1: So I'll try to keep it compact. (laughs) I end up doing a lot of everything sometimes, but uh, my elevator speech version is that I'm responsible for developing interventions. So body confidence, self-esteem interventions for adolescents. I manage the partnerships where we're developing those or else implementing the programs. And then more in the past couple of years, doing a lot more advocacy work, whether that's global advocacy or even local policy change and, and legislation.
0: So can you talk about kind of what made you interested in that And first job with Unilever, um, you were previously working for PSI and non-profit work, but what about Unilever kind of attracted you and and what do you enjoy most about working with
1: them? I have to admit that I was quite skeptical uh, initially, like could the private sector actually do real public health work? Um, Again, networking, super important, so I had a friend um, who worked, you know, public health social circle within mumbai and had a friend that worked at unilever and so i knew of her work i knew she had you know done her doctor of public health from london school of hygiene and tropical medicine so i was looking for roles in africa and because i felt like i'd had a lot of time in india i needed to go live and work in africa and she you know, said, well, listen, I need someone to work on school and adolescent health programs we have around hand-washing behavior change, um, you know, would you do this? So she sent me the material, and it just was so impressive. They had used, you know, all the behavior change theory we learned in school, but then had, you know, with the private sector's access to creative um, agencies In terms of, you know, if you look at social marketing and behavior change and communication materials, it it was just the top. It was incredible. You know, it was packaged up, concise messaging. Um, So yeah, I thought, well, I'll give it a try. (laughs) So I thought I would do it for a year and just see how it was. And then five years later uh, on Lifeboy, after moving around and managing some projects in Africa, I did finally get to go to Africa with Lifeboy. Um, and was based in Nigeria and Kenya. It was definitely not planned, um, but it's been an incredible journey. What I love about it is because it is fast moving, you know, we're, we're doing a lot. We, we're pretty, we have long-term plans and strategy, but then, you know, we're agile and reactive to what's going on, you know, in, especially in my current role where there's a lot around, pressures from the media on appearance ideals and self-esteem and body image. And it's working with so many different really creative minds. By the time I can get, you know, the academically kind of evidence-based messaging, and then we package it up into really creative films or, uh, you know, different assets, static assets. By the time you get the agency to kind of package it up, you know, the beautiful imagery, it's just so eye-catching and in the reach that we have with our brands and the ability to combine, you know, there needs to be a business case to it. Absolutely. Um, and with Lifebuoy, you know, the more hand-washing occasions we could get people to increase, not only would you reduce diarrheal and uh, disease and pneumonia and reduce um, under five child mortality, but we knew there was a business case to increasing hand-washing with soap behavior change because you could have an increase in soap sales. There's this constant challenge, um, you know, to kind of be the best, do the best, stay top of mind for our program recipients. And, you know, we get to be involved with the latest innovations, you know, talking. I have partnerships with Facebook and Instagram and cartoon network. So yeah, I think it's just the access to so many amazing creative people and agencies and businesses and partners. That's really appealing.
0: A lot of our students like like you were, you know, maybe skeptical of or may not even think about joining the private sector. So I I love that, that story. And you've been in several different um, areas working in governmental public health, nonprofit, and now... Uh, for-profit private industry. So that's wonderful. So I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and go back to when you were here in the UAB School of Public Health. So you graduated with your MPH in health behavior. Why did you choose public health for your graduate degree?
1: When I finally discovered what public health really was, uh, it certainly wasn't top of mind when I was an undergrad, unfortunately. But I somewhat, a friend was applying to a public health school and she wanted me to read her essay. Um, And so that's actually when I discovered public health. My undergrad had been health and sports sciences. So I was always interested in health promotion and to really be able to dig in deep to the psychology side of, you know, changing health behaviors. It was a perfect link to what I had, my interest and purpose and what I had already studied as an undergraduate. And just understanding, yeah, to take it so wide, take it to the public. Um, I wasn't interested so much in, you know, medicine or clinical care, uh, as much as kind of that more public health, widespread health promotion campaigns and behavior change.
0: Were there any experiences or opportunities at the UAB School of Public Health that prepared you for your career?
1: Yeah, so many. Um, Uh, I know you sent me the questions in advance. So I did have some time to think about it, which is great to reflect back that many years ago, you know, based on my learning style, I'm a very hands-on person. So the access, like I had a role as a research assistant on a project. Um, We were working with community health advisors in like Southern Alabama. And it was just that hands-on experience of, you know, running the training. Um, And then conducting, you know, the research was was just incredible. So having the access, I think, to the sorts of research assistant jobs and things, and then any of those, I think in my evaluation class, it was, you know, we had a real group work and and hands-on going and evaluating uh, um, some of the local public health programs there in Birmingham. And then other you know, case study work, I recall that was really helpful. I think what I'm finding across the board anywhere, whether it was in the government role or the, in the nonprofit sector, now in private sector, is you have to be able to work across multidisciplinary teams. And so that was really great in, in that course where you know, we were bringing together all of the students from different functions of public health and we were working together on a single project. So again, super hands-on, um, but I think that multidisciplinary work across uh, the board. And then, yeah, I mean, all the behavior change theory was, was critical now to me, you know, being able to develop any programs um, and strategy, and then um, the research we do as well, the, the theoretical uh, piece was, was very helpful.
0: So you've, you've kind of segued into the follow-up question about okay. how, how these how these experiences and the education kind of how you're using them in your current job, you know, how those skills really benefit you in your um, current position or even past positions as well.
1: Yeah. Like I said, just having, I mean, being able to work in teams um, and uh, work across is that something I face every day and having... You know, especially now in the private sector, where I don't actually work with anyone else in public health on this particular team I'm on now. Constantly working in multidisciplinary teams um, is is really strong.
0: I'm so glad that you mentioned you know working in teams because that's something that I think is important for our students and our our graduates when they enter the workforce. You know, knowing that. No, we don't work in our own silo by ourselves in order to be successful in whatever field of public health, right? It's going to require collaboration um, and working with people outside of public health, just like you said.
1: Absolutely, yeah. In (laughs) in government agency too, that was critical because you start to work in silos. So I would start to work in a silo on physical activity, nutrition, but then, yeah, I need to communicate across, especially agency-wise, you know, the communication between public health and education. That is a difficult relationship to manage. I've seen that globally uh, as well. You just you know getting ministries of health and ministries of education to agree on something um, is really hard. So yeah, taking the time to do that, that communication, you know interpersonal relationships is critical skill to have with any of the partnerships I'm developing. At an individual level, we are we are human beings, and so you have to have really good interpersonal skills for that.
0: Well, how has your work experience differed from what you imagined it would be from, you know, graduating fresh out of graduate school with an MPH? How has it differed from what you thought, thought working in the field of public health would be?
1: I mean, I think just the private sector route was definitely not something I ever imagined. You know, I'm still like when my work at Population service PSI, they bring in a lot of private sector, um, private sector executives and communication creative agency experts. So in social marketing, in terms of that's what I'm doing now, social marketing. That's still the same, but I never imagined doing it um, in the private sector. Uh, I think Unilever, you know, stands out in terms of doing being kind of a fast moving consumer goods company that is doing this type of work. Um, but uh, the consumers are demanding that more and more businesses and brands are. So I, I think that's only going to grow. And yeah, I imagine myself probably working with a, t- a big team of public health professionals, um, like I was at the government level, but right, that's completely different. Now, like I said, I'm working with like a really multidisciplinary team agencies. I do work with academics. I do work with public health partners. We work with UNICEF and Plan International. So I'm still I am working with them, but my my teams uh, and network has, has grown.
0: So in your opinion, what can students do while they're in school to prepare them to enter the workforce and, and start their careers?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said at the start, networking, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten my first international health opportunity uh, unless, you know, I had been friends with Sanjana um, and then just kept in touch. So, yeah, that networking is really important and just learning from each other because we all have such come from different places and have different experiences. So I was networking with her out of a really authentic space that she and her family were just Interesting people. Um, so networking and yeah, the experience. You know, find opportunities to get experience. There's such great research projects going on at UAB across the board. Um, you know, even if it's maybe not in an area that you're super passionate about, um, I think a lot of those skills are transferable uh, across whatever topics you know you're working on. So just getting that hands-on experience. And like me going to, you know, rural Alabama, you know, some of these trainings and projects and community engagement, that was so critical to my international health work even. Um, So yeah, networking, getting that real hands-on experience where you can either in the coursework and courses that offer that up or, uh, you know, in projects.
0: And I love that you said it's okay if it's not in what you think the area that you think you want to go into just that experience can be transferable across different areas. So, yeah. So for students who are looking to work with the private sector, possibly Unilever or or other um, companies, do you have any advice for them?
1: Yeah. I mean, be (laughs) open-minded, be open-minded because, uh, Like I said, you know, people they have different ways. They've been trained, you know, either as MBAs or you know, marketing executives or creatives or graphic designers. So I think you know, be super open-minded, listening, and be ready for the fast pace. (laughs) It's a different pace of than my definitely than like the government pace um, or even uh, at kind of the NGO sector level. It's been a great journey. I, I definitely. Didn't think I would be here, but I think it's helped me grow um, a lot and kind of out get outside my comfort zone. Still, daily I have moments where, I'm like, oh, this is awkward, or you know, I don't feel like I'm skilled enough in this space. But you know, you can I have learned how to buy media on the job. You know, you you learn a lot of these things on the job, or there's a lot enough people and training within in the workplace, so. Yeah, I think be super open-minded about what, um, what you could do.
0: So one last question for students who want to learn more about the work that you do with the Dove Self-Esteem Project, where should they go for that information?
1: Okay, great. I get to promo my uh, <laughs> project. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, dove.com. Uh, forward slash self-esteem it will geolocate to your local country website and yeah it has everything we do we have like the platforms for the teacher tools um, youth leader tools parent tools you can see a lot of our communication campaigns Um, you can also follow on instagram the dove handle uh, you'll you'll get some product promos too, but um, we probably weekly, there's some updates about the Dove Self-Esteem Project uh, and what's going on with our partners there. So yeah.
0: You have been on the website and there are lots of resources, so our yeah. listeners should definitely check it out. So, well, thank you so much for being here and answering these questions for me and sharing your story with our listeners. I really do appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Mina. Yeah. Anytime. I enjoyed talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wonderful. Well, and thank, thank you for listening. Please tune in next time for another episode of Population Health Plugin.